Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spatsploitation Book Club podcast, my podcast where I take a positive look at the nasty and the extreme, and in this format I do it with a guest from the extreme horror and splatterpunk community, and with me this week I have Jonathan Butcher, so welcome to the show Jonathan. Thank you very much, absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's really nice to have you on the show, we kind of talked in person, mostly about movies and stuff, but it's yeah. the first time getting to chat face to face. That's right, yeah. Um, we've messaged a few times and we you know, add to each other's comments and stuff, but there's nothing like actually having a conversation, so I've been looking exactly. forward to it. Yeah. Just excuse the cough and cold, I'm just getting over something, so if I sound particularly snotty and sniffing, <laughs> apologies. I'm slightly glad I postponed it then, if it's like still feeling it like it is now. Oh yeah, it would have been rough on Friday. Like <laughs> a, a snotty zombie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So with that said, I'll let you introduce yourself properly to everyone. Uh, if you just want to tell them all about your books, who you are, where they can buy your books from, and anything else quickly, really. Sure thing. Um, yeah, I'm Jonathan Butcher. Um, I write a variety of different types of horror, um, but I would say that transgressive and extreme is probably the, the most common stuff that I do. Um, I wrote What Good Girls Do, which is um, like a surprisingly popular little indie book which is great which has got a sequel what good men do i wrote the gross out um book chocolate man and all sorts of short stories and and, and other things um and i've got a couple of exciting projects um coming up but i can't actually say anything about those <laughs> unfortunately but if you search for my name jonathan butcher horror writer you'll you'll find my stuff if you're interested so is that how you um describe chocolate man yourself as a gross because i always call it a creature feature whenever i talk about it yeah it's it's a difficult thing to um to market to be honest because as soon as people hear that it's about poop they <laughs> kind of just assume that it's going to be you know um super extreme which it is and also ridiculous which it is but i can't really like make it clear enough that there's more <laughs> going on with it than that so yeah i would rather you know call it just a um a body horror creature feature or something mm. but the fact that there's so much human feces in it <laughs> means that it's only going to appeal to a certain type of person no matter how well it's written yeah see we struggled a bit uh, i covered it on this show with um god who was it mark wasn't it mark, mark green yeah and yeah, we were like, it's really hard to tell people just how well written this book is and how oh, emotional and strong it is when there's just poo everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I actually feel like I got, so I, I was writing it for about a month and I thought, I'm actually excited about this now. I've got a little bit of money put aside. I'm going to buy a, a pretty decent cover for it. And I did that really early on and just thought, I'm going to make this as gross and disgusting looking as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like I um i marketed it wrong because of that i feel like if i'd given it a bit more of a subtle cover maybe people wouldn't have just thought this is going to be completely stupid maybe but that cover's amazing and it sticks out like <laughs> it's pretty you, cool. can, you don't forget that cover once you've seen it no no i suppose not i've got i sort of envisioned this this one where it's a bit more subtle where you can see like the silhouettes of the family at the front the house behind them and then kreb kind of looming over the yeah. top of it so it isn't just poo poo everywhere yeah maybe that should be a hardback cover or something one day maybe maybe <laughs> um and yeah and what good girls do as well is a fantastic book like you were saying beforehand how that took a little while to take off but it's great to see it doing well now thank you yeah in a in a similar way to the book that we're going to be talking about today um it, it only really took like a month to uh, to, to do a really decent draft of it and usually my stuff takes a lot longer than that and that's now the one that has taken off as as, as you know as much as my work actually has <laughs> um it, it's by far the most popular and the one that just zoomed out of me essentially yeah it's crazy when that happens right I... yeah yeah just yeah. writing it day and night couldn't stop oh just a little bit of polish there ready to go yeah i thought it was Sit too back, extreme wait to a couple of years and <laughs> Yeah. get lucky somehow and then people notice it yeah yeah i mean obviously everything needs a bit of luck to take off but it's definitely more than luck that one that's the most intense first chapter i've ever read in a book i think it was absolutely insane yeah yeah it was, it's it's pretty grim that do you know um do you know how the first line came about no i don't think i've heard this no 
Um, well, I was, it's not, it's nothing, nothing astounding or anything, but I was perusing uh, an, an adult website one day and clicked research. comparatively. <laughs> oh yeah, 100% research, one-handed <laughs> research. Um, a comparatively innocent title for, for, for the clip and uh, the first line that was in this clip, which just looked like, you know, regular heterosexual porn, um, was this guy saying, yeah, that's right. I want to see you bath. Um, <laughs> and this this was years and years ago. And I remember being like shocked that it was just 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 there. This, <laughs> this was it, this looked like it was going to be like a relatively pleasurable, you know, sequence. And then there's this is just normal now. Um, <laughs> so I just thought, well, what more? striking line could i start yeah. the book with <laughs> yeah well it's very effective though isn't it because it does normalize something that shouldn't be normalized straight away which just makes it feel more extreme yeah it's, it's exactly that it was yeah the, the process of, of normalizing it and showing her lack of reaction to such yeah yeah, yeah i've seen mad that book <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so before we move on today's book which is equally as fucking crazy i must say um i will normally i give people like 60 seconds to uh do a short but you said you've got something a little bit longer and as it sounds nice and gross i will let you take it away it's a little bit great yeah a little bit longer not not too much um yeah originally this was written um when i think it was KillerCon during the lockdown um they had online tickets mm. um that you, you could go and um you know um watch and, and, and listen and, and take part and you could do your own gross out um story to take part on that via via webcam now i never got to do that but i thought just in case they ever do it again or if, if i get to be there in person i'll, I'll try my hand at a gross out story <laughs> so this one's called <clears throat> last night's gig dude I know you think they've sold out, but I can't believe that you missed the Scrotum Grenade gig last night. They played dog shit gangbang, raped by a toddler, and no thanks, Grandad, we're related. And get ready to be jealous, for the encore, they get me up on stage, and the bassist hikes up her skirt. Now, just before the breakdown in blended beaver ball sack, she grabs my head, pulls me down to my knees, and shoves my, set my face next to her butt. The band is still playing and I can smell her, right? And it's gross, but obviously that just makes it fucking awesome. Yeah, she smelled like a month-old shrimp taco topped with a month-old miscarriage. So anyway, she bends right over and <laughs> prolapses her ass and vagina. So the song is still going and I'm kneeling there just draped in bowel and uterus. And through all that poop and pussy cream, I spot one of the guitarists, Ronnie Rectum, doing that gesture. Yeah. You know, the one where he pulls his hands apart. And of course, I know what that means, so I'm not surprised when he gets the fish hooks out. So I'm still kneeling there, like drowning in Patricia's pink poo pipes and barfed out baby box, but she needs to sing for the last chorus, doesn't she? So she sort of braces herself and sucks her cunt guts and inside out butt back in. I wipe my eyes and Ronnie is coming for me with those hooks. The rest of the band are smashing through the middle eight. The crowd is going nuts and I just pull my jeans down, point at my dick and yell, go for it. So he stuffs all four hooks up into my piss hole, right? Each hook is attached to a different bit of twine, which Ronnie gives to random audience members. And as the last chorus plays, they all yank at them exactly the same time. Yeah, it feels like I'm pissing out a refrigerator. That's where Ronnie gets out his own dick. And I glance down and my dong looks like a little snake with a big open mouth. And I'm not into dudes, but this isn't about sex. It's fucking rock and roll. So as they play the last refrain of the song, Ronnie jams his cock up into mine. And I look at the crowd and they're going, make his dick cry, make his dick cry. And like they always do, everyone there is either jacking off or jilling off in the direction of the stage. And as they strike the final note, the pain gets too much and I just puke with pure joy. And my stomach acids go all over Ronnie's prick and he uses the spew as lube to fuck my dick. Then he pulls out and comes like a pint of blood onto the floor. And that causes the entire crowd to come at the same time 
time, just dousing the stage, just like filling the room with jizz and lady milk. And then, as the final note fades, everyone who isn't on stage takes out a knife and just jams it into their stomachs. And they fall over, gushing blood, and in their death throes, the whole audience shits themselves in one massive corpse fart, and the curtains close. It was insane! Well, yeah, of, of course I survived. Oh, shit, you're right. They used to be much more hardcore. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> and there you go. And that was quite the performance as well. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I was worried I was going to stutter. <laughs> no, you've done it amazingly. Like, have you read out loud quite often? Or I know you've done the thing for Godless, didn't you? But... Yeah, I did the thing for God. I kind of wanted, I've done like six or seven chapters of uh, the Chocolate Man book as an audio book, and hopefully one day oh, I'll, okay. I'll get it finished. Um, yeah, I like, I like reading out live, to, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. I'm getting kind of more and more okay with it, but I just, yeah, I just read it. <laughs> There's no way I can kind of put on a performance, it's not me. <laughs> I've yeah, I've always been the one who wants to like act on stage and be in the you know front man of the band and stuff like that. <laughs> so it, it comes fairly naturally, luckily for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely a useful skill to have. Aye, for sure. Um, so yeah, that brings us on to uh, the book this week. So we've been covering Womb by Duncan Ralston. Yeah. Uh, very notorious book that a lot of you out there have already read. Um, anyone who hasn't, I'm sure we can persuade them by the end of this. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, before we kind of dig into it, like, if you just want to let everyone know, out of all the books you could choose, why this one? Um, I mean, I've loved this book since it was first released. Um, I was one of the lucky ones um, who read it before it gained any of its notoriety back in, I think it was like 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, and it was what put me in contact with um, Duncan Ralston back when he would happily submit to anthologies for free, which he, he <laughs> did for me just to get some exposure. Um, and it was, um, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but it was one of the books that back then showed me that indie writing can be fantastic, can be really, really spot on. Yeah. Um, and because I think this book is is written as, as good as, you know, any other horror book of its ilk that, that I have read. Um, it, it, it could be, if it was a, maybe a little less extreme, published mm -hmm. by a mainstream publisher. Um, I, I genuinely think that. Um, and on the nerdy side of it, um, I think it shows some of the best examples of seeding. Um, for for non-author nerds, that means when there's a revelation that's got to come out later in the story and you start putting down clues to lead mm. to that and I, I really think that this book does that just brilliantly brilliantly so yeah i think it's great i can't i can't give it enough praise i can give you a chance to though <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know whether you would want to pause it for a moment but i would like to start by making a special um womb cocktail to uh to, to celebrate um my my enjoyment of the book and, and this podcast is that okay uh, yeah yeah go ahead and do that fantastic yeah. i've just got to grab some ice back in a second no problems okay i haven't made this before okay but see if womb had a flavor and i don't mean the organ the womb if the book had a flavor i think it would be quite sour and quite bitter so i'm going to make I call a womb sour okay <laughs> and I've got I've got a few special tools to, to do that as well so a basic sour is when you got a spirit and it's got a balance between citrus and sugar so I'm going to use rum for this one just to be a bit different and then I'm going to do the citrus into it a bit of lime bit of lime and then i'm going to abort this little bit of lemon from that which is the first appropriate part and then normally i would shake it oh it's, it's also quite a bitter book so i'm gonna add a bit of a uh, bit of bitters into it 
Now, I was going to add some egg white, because that seems quite appropriate, the whole albumin thing, but then I just thought, that's fucking gross, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but instead, um, I am going to stir it with um, a, <laughs> a wire coat hanger. It seems like a good time to mention it. There will be spoilers when we're talking about this book, or we will spoil the shit. Oh, very it, much so. so. <laughs> very, very much so. And then you'll see that I'm making it in a in a jug when normally I would use like a a cocktail shaker. But there's there's a very important reason for that because the way that you drink at least the first mouthful of a womb sour um, is is through a, a condom, much like the uh, the condom that our main character uses to smuggle um, heroin um, <laughs> at an airport. And yeah, the only way to do this is to is to pop the condom, much like it pops in our main character's dis disgusting ex-girlfriend's um, vagina. So let's see if I can do this stupid fucking thing. <laughs> we have to make sure I encourage everyone to watch the video <laughs> rather than the audio. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that was absolutely disgusting. That looked absolutely disgusting. <laughs> there we go. And that's my intro to, uh, to, mm. to Woo. Trying to ruin rum for everyone. Come on. <laughs> okay. Now that I'm now that I'm dripping, I'm ready to uh to get nerdy. <laughs> I don't know. Cheers. That seems pretty nerdy. <laughs> okay. So womb. Yeah. So we um yeah. Where do you want to start with this? Do you want to kind of start from the beginning and go through the stories, or jump around a bit, or? Um, we 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 can do both, but I think starting yeah. at the beginning might be quite nice because like right from the absolute start i feel like he's preparing us for the story that he's going to be telling it doesn't it doesn't start with anything super gross super horrifying like like a lot of um extreme horror or transgressive books mm, do. yeah there's no there's no hook to it at all is there nope it's just a man entering a hotel room but he goes into it by saying like hello mum <laughs> and like i guess that could in some books that could be seen as sad i guess but because all he's talking about is like the pain that he feels in this room uh, and, and the darkness it's actually really fucking eerie even before you have a clue what it what it even mm. means yeah yeah so I, I love i love the gradual build that you get the whole thing is a gradual build really yeah, no, it's got quite a quite a steady pace to it, really, isn't it? Like none of it feels in a rush. Like it's not the longest book, but yeah, it does kind of just take its time just to introduce Angel and kind of was it the Lonely Motel? Is it called the Lonely Motel? That's right, Room yeah. Six at the Lonely Motel. Room Six at the Yeah, you kind of you know you said it doesn't rush into that. It does give you a bit of an intro and create that feeling of sadness before it all gets. Just spectacularly gross. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he does do a good job of making everything feel sleazy and disgusting, even yeah. before any of the the, the gross stuff happens. Because oh know, yeah, if you didn't hear any of the stories, you would still never want to stay in this place ever. Like, yeah, like the the reaction that um that the the prostitute, what's her name, uh, Shyla. Shyla has when she first comes in the room just the instant smell because i don't even think he's mentioned it before that but just her reaction to it it's just like this place is is vile like yeah the the fact that he calls up the escort agency within a short amount of time and is very specific about the person that, that he wants it's just the whole thing just drips with with sleaze um, yeah. even before do you think he's comfortable in that sleaze and the fact that he hasn't brought up that smell do you think that's just because it's the norm to him. I think so. Well, he's been to the room numerous times, so it's a very important room to him, hasn't it? It, it is revealed yeah. at the end that he's been in there how many times? One, two, at least three times before, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Because he also says like that he's phoned up other girls, right? So it's yeah. the agencies. I assume that each time it's got to be there. I can't imagine he was trying to do this anywhere yeah. else so. that's that's a good point actually i didn't even think of that so he has developed a proper relationship with this room yeah so he's very comfortable in his sleaze yes <laughs> <laughs> and he's done a lot of sleazy things hasn't he in his time yes, like the yeah. whole 
past of heroin. Did, like, did he even get to smuggle the the heroin? I can't remember now. But yeah, he, uh, he's done some dodgy stuff in his time. He has, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the beginning of that dodgy stuff would probably be the the first story, right? Like that cramps with Johnny and Jenny, like. Yes, I think. Do we know about him doing anything earlier? I guess actually, the I can't last remember if he starts earlier. using yeah. the the. Oh he, no! The, the very first one chronologically is when he was given birth to. Oh yeah, I guess the Mary one. Yeah, yeah, that's the harshest one for me. That's the <laughs> one I struggle with. Why yeah. really? Yeah, I'm all right with everything else, but the detail of that one's just. Oh, yeah, it's cringe. It's like you know that. Not cringes in like funny cringy, that cringes in like you can hear it. And it's just, yes. Yeah. Um, to, to me, I think it's probably the first one, Cramps. Yeah. Like, See, just that was the my... idea of having heroin in, like, inside <laughs> me at all, anyway. Um, yeah. But to be doing it, oh, just all the amount of shit that's in that story and having to stick <laughs> it back up inside <laughs> his smackhead girlfriend and, oh, <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing yeah. is just nauseating. That was, it was my favourite story the first time I read it. I've read this book twice now, and mm. the first time round, that was my favourite, and the second time round, Mannequin was my favourite. Oh, okay. But yeah, but yeah, like Cramps the first time round, I was like, what the fuck am I reading? Like, you know, Winnie fucking shit, it all back out. <laughs> and I had to start again. I was just like, <laughs> no, like that was disgusting the first time round. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that he... Well, no, am I glad that he roped his girlfriend into it? I mean, she was awful, so she kind of deserved to die, I guess, but... (laughs) I mean, he wasn't really that responsible, to be honest. I don't think he really took much of the drugs, and he certainly wasn't the one buying it from some fucking loan shark or whatever, drug dealer guy. True, but he was an absolute pushover and did. Yeah, he, he, he should have questioned when his girlfriend where it was said, "Let's from. do heroin." He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, cool. Let's let's do that." I can't I satisfy you sexually. I so let's love do the way that's written, where he's like, "She's like, let's bungee jump. Let's go to Vegas. Let's do heroin." Oh, okay. Uh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the reader, it's like, "Oh, that's that's escalated." But I guess to him, yeah, yeah, maybe not. Because I wonder, though, like, because he doesn't have a penis, um, whether he has had other girlfriends who put put up with him. Right? It doesn't really mention any other relationships. No, I mean, the only ones we know are the um, the crazy girl at the end, Beth. Yeah, who was then, years before. Years before. And then Jenny, like, I don't think we know of anyone yeah. else. So it makes me wonder, maybe he just put up with it because that was all he could... He could get yeah, the first person who <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, w- one of the things I did want to say is like, um, I, I don't particularly enjoy like the discussion of what constitutes a genre and stuff like that. But I, to me, Womb is transgressive more than like extreme horror or splatterpunk. Um, mm. It's much more about the characters. Um, it's much less about trying to be as arguably. It's less about trying to be as disturbingly graphic as possible, despite the fact there is some very disturbing graphic <laughs> stuff in there, especially the climactic set piece, which is my favourite section of the book, by the way. that's The way that's written is just so... Oh, step by step, seeing <laughs> every single thing, smelling everything, feeling the sensation of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So to to me, it's it's definitely um, a, a transgressive piece of work, more like Chuck Palahniuk or something like that, yeah. than like Ed Lee. Yeah, I always I struggle with genre. Like, it's why I'm always like, oh. the punk and extreme horror. Like, I'm so bad at narrowing stuff down. But yeah, to me, it is a character piece. Like, I see it as a character piece just because it's you know it's him telling the story and it's we're learning about his life even if we don't know we are like there's just yeah you know, there's nothing outside that room it's just him telling this sad depressing story which we don't really realize is actually existence one story until that we end. don't know yeah yeah so yeah i i could easily see it falling under transgressive um based on that yeah um i, I just looked at my notes and one of the things that i put down is how careful and reserved everything that angel says is 
Mm. Um, and I love the fact that when before you have read the book, you you have no idea how to read this guy. He is so mm. care. Well, in fact, it's a weird balance because when he's just talking, he's very careful and reserved. But he's actually telling his entire life story, so he's actually being really, really open without being open at the mm. same time. But you could take him as being like menacing or feeling sorry for him, or in fact, it's actually both. He's lived an awful, yeah, awful I mean, life. The, the book kind of talks about that in a way, though, doesn't it? With um, Shyla saying, like, you know, she was looking for kind of like red flags when she entered the room and she's trying to work him out. And it's like, you know, yeah, this certain kind of, you know, even she struggled to read him, this, you know, kind of professional woman who deals with scumbags probably every single day. Mm. even she's like you know i wasn't too sure to begin with like yeah because yeah Some like of those you said he's the... he's really enclosed but like you said he's also telling you everything the most deepest darkest secrets imaginable like yeah and that's how it kind of felt to me as a as a reader that's one of the reasons that i liked it so much because <coughs> to me the best twists like what he's planning to do to shyla the best twists are the ones that is, they happen underneath your nose and after they've mm. happened, you think to yourself, how did I not guess that? Because I didn't. A lot of people say that they did, but I had no mm. idea. And then well, I was I like, know. what? But it feels inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I had no idea. I'm the same with stuff with twists. I'm like, the kind of the best sort of twist stuff to me is always like, you need to shock me at the end. But when I rewatch it or reread it, I need to see it constantly all the way through the book like how the fuck did i not know like yeah that's yeah, yeah for me that's how twist. if i see a twist and i rewatch something reread something i'm like no i still can't see it coming then it it doesn't really work because you're like well you've just done it for the sake of it but yeah it's just that little breadcrumbs is there all the way through and the second time around you're like oh fuck yeah of course like he keeps going on about this like yeah which is what yeah, i mean about the, yeah the 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 seeding of the book is so so smart because everything that he talks about pretty much is about motherhood um mm. it's about um sacrifice as well um it's it's about overcoming struggles in a weird way like with the the um, the rug that yeah. enwraps him which i noticed this time as well another way that he um avoids uh avoids telling you who you know each of these characters are and it is in fact him is he doesn't even name that guy during that story no. and i think during that story doesn't one of the other characters say it's like putting you back inside the womb or something like yes it's very yeah. specifically said like flat out but obviously you don't yeah. know it's him so it's yeah very very clever stuff i liked um the idea of like ghosts as well which he kind of talks about um earlier the, the the closer to the start of the book with shyla just like there there aren't any you know that he's not talking about like specters and ghouls and stuff like that mm. but the idea that things can be Memories so bad that they haunt stuff. you yeah yeah all, all of that i think is really quite uncomfortable like the idea that you know tragedies and atrocities just stick with you and they do when people go through well, terrible I mean... things I've only just thought about this with you saying that, but in that sense, the story with his mum, like who fucking told him that story or is it imprinted in him? Like um, He says it, he read it in a, her suicide notes. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, forgot yeah. that little detail. Yeah, yeah I, that's I, a crazy ass story. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, that's right. But you no, know, she she went into detail. Of, you, you, you're led to believe. Oh, uh, it, it was from her suicide note and also... Um, he he finds out all about the mannequin stuff through like pre police records and her visiting him afterwards. So all the things that um, Angel or Johnny couldn't know, yeah, he is quite careful to explain how he knows them. Yeah. yeah, so so smart. Um, yeah, one of the things that I um, particularly like about the the book as well, and, and it's part of all these things we're talking about, is like the atmosphere of it. And a lot of people really enjoyed Gross Out. And while I could see it was, you know, very well written, very carefully thought through, I wasn't as big a fan of it as I wanted it because I wanted more oh, really? of this murky atmosphere.
atmosphere of wound. So I absolutely loved Corisel. It's probably my favorite book of his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's uh, a lot of people absolutely loved it. And it's, it's, it's no reflection on the quality of the book, me saying this. But I think it's because womb is so special to me because uh, yeah. because as well as it you know showing me how good indie horror can be it was also one of the earliest extreme books that i read yeah um you know made me realize that you know, people can write these crazy crazy yeah things. i mean i just done a just the last podcast i done was with carver pike and we covered depraved brian smith's one and oh, that's yeah. the first i read mm. so it's like you know i will argue and battle for that book to the end of time because it's the book that got me into the genre sort of thing. yeah so i really do need to read that i've read um kill 68 is it called oh, i haven't read that one but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. um but i definitely need to check out yeah like that well. idea of that book that kind of got you into it. it's always mm. you know, it's always gonna have a bit more power isn't it I mean, definitely yeah that's right um so yeah the, the the whole murkiness of all of the um the stuff about the room and about the escort and stuff like that the the atmosphere is throughout the entire book no matter what he's talking about it all feels very downbeat and gritty mm. and mostly quite eerie even though there are no obvious Well they both seem quite softly spoken though don't they like Shyla's not over the top at all yeah. like she seems quite considerate in the way she talks and yeah you know just kind of picture her like she's trying to obviously turn him on at the beginning and you know trying to do her thing but once she realizes that's not on the table like she's pretty calm she's just i don't know, just picture her just kind of like lying there just you know chatting away without a care in the world really like they're both quite laid back despite these horrific stories yeah yeah for sure even when she's describing crazy things she does it in a, a fairly matter of fact yeah like the way. whole yeah. stuff with her being kind of raped and her kind of you know and not wanting to hear these stories of sexual assault or anything like she's not screaming the place down or kind of having to go at him or yeah being too much she's just like can we not go there like you know it's... that was actually one of the um the the lines that i wrote down that really chilled me um this time and yeah because when she says she doesn't want to hear that it's just before, I think, Mannequin. I can't remember for sure. But the line that the chapter ends with before the story begins is she had a right to say no for now. Mm. And that's the first real, <laughs> you know, obvious suggestion. Yeah, that big things danger. Things are not going to go well. Yeah, yeah, and I really did get a chill as a result of that one. Yeah. Yeah, the one that got me was related to that. It was kind of the bookend of that, actually, was when he was basically like, you know, I would have preferred it if she'd given her consent. But, yeah. You know, like, dude. Like... Yeah, it would have preferred it, but it ain't going to have matter either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing I did want to say is um, I love every story that's in it, but do you see the significance of the juicy story? Um. I think because that one's not about him really, is it? Like, I think that's why that does stick out a little bit because the rest are either a metaphor for him or the um, the story about her is how she came to be the way she is, which directly helps Angel later in the book. Um, uh, like when the juicy she, story cycle. Yeah, so like the juicy story, I don't think really has that relevance to him, does it? where every other story does. I mean, like he even, blackmails him and does get money from it, so that might explain what he's been doing. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just to fill in a bit of who he is and maybe that he, you know, he can kind of do something if he really needs to. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, actually, it kind of helps to distract you from the revelation that all the stories tie together and are about him if you do yeah. include little other stories as well like the smother the smother yeah. man um then it sort of distracts you from yeah the the, the possibility of recognizing that all of these stories are associated yeah i mean it might have been there like as a sleight of hand um for both shyla and for the reader um because yeah you, you can't picture angel taking this very bizarre form of vengeance but clearly he kind of did yeah and it is quite a cool image as well. 
Yeah, that, that that's one of the more um, lurid stories, definitely. <laughs> Which I quite enjoyed the explosion of the uh, the fake blood everywhere. Just the uh, the whole prolapse thing in that story oh. is just funny, and she's just like, "Oh, again." <laughs> yeah, I just pop yeah, it back just... in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just thumb it back in. <laughs> it um, nasty. This time. Uh, it really did occur to me how vivid the abortion scene is, which you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, that whole... I mean, that chapter is called William, isn't it? The one with his mum, Mary. Yes. Um, yeah. It's not a lot bothers me. Like, I'm, like, I laugh at most stuff I read. I thoroughly enjoy most nastiness. But that one's very, very descriptive when she's, like, fucking angling the coat hanger in the bath and i think because i've read a few of these sort of stories now like there's no way it's gonna go well right like you're lying in a fucking cd motel in a bathtub on your own trying to sell for ball with a fucking wire coat hanger from this fucking closet like you know it's just it's not gonna go well and you're reading it all the other stories you don't know where they're going but this one, you know where it's going, and you're absolutely powerless to stop her doing this. Like, it, I thought that she was going to end up pulling something out that was going to kill her. So when she falls over and just smashes her head, I was like, oh, that actually didn't go the way that I, th- I thought it was going to be. I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be that, yeah, she she yanks on it and gives herself some hideous internal injury. But I, I yeah. wonder if the reason that it is so impactful is because it isn't like some crazy bastard raping someone with yeah. a fucking axe or, <laughs> or something. Well, it's things that, that women have, you know, historically yeah. have done. It's, it's many the times. most real story, right? Like the, the condom story is hilarious. Like it's yeah. disgusting, but it's hilarious. And the mannequin story is outrageous. And <laughs> Juicy story is absurd. And. Even the even the carpet one is funny. Like it shouldn't be, but it's funny because you're like, why would you put yourself in that situation? <laughs> but this one is just very real, yeah. And it's described in a very real manner. Like it, it doesn't feel over the top, which just makes it more gross and more yeah. harsh. He's very very good at um, describing a scene so vividly that you can almost you know feel it and see it um and i i've i don't know if i've mentioned this to you before but i i can't see images usually um like when i'm reading for a lot of people um people see basically a movie playing in their head the lucky ones whereas i i only catch very vague sights every book is a fucking movie for me my brain works in film it doesn't work in any other form i am so jealous of that Yeah, so for for me it's not, but um, Duncan Ralston in Womb is is very very good at showing me every single like moment of that experience, and it, and it keeps me there, you know. And and it, it, not every book does that, especially when it's describing things that are so are so crazy. Do you um, think that's down to the character, though? Do you think that's down to Angel being so kind of methodical in his storytelling? Yeah, because yeah, I've read maybe. you know some other of Duncan's work, and he's a fantastic writer. But he doesn't normally go into that sort of level beyond level beyond level of detail. Like, yeah, I mean, I I imagine that he wrote this book specifically because he was asked to by Matt Shaw. I might be wrong about that, and I'd be interested to ask him sometime. But it was part of the um the Matt Shaw presents books originally, mm. so um when Matt Shaw first started writing for people who don't know, his books didn't have images on their front covers. They just were completely black with yeah. the title in, in white. Um, and he used that format as well for a number of other writers uh, as part of a, a series, Matt Shaw Presents. And this was for that. So I wonder if the, the, the reason was because these were specifically extreme horror titles. So yeah. Duncan really did pull out the stops, but in <laughs> a Duncan Ralston style way, rather than you know having people decapitating babies and <laughs> jamming them up cunts i don't know whatever <laughs> <laughs> instead he jammed a fucking coat hanger up there in the most detailed yeah just 
cringy manner. Yeah, the line that got me in that scene most, I've noticed, I wrote it down here, is the coat hanger wobbling like a doorstop. When, <laughs> when he lets go, it's still inside her. Like, the, yeah. the, oh, the image of that. Yeah, Absolutely no, that hideous. one. I said the rest, not a problem. I can handle anything. But that one, I was like, oh, okay, this is nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, what did you think of um, Smother Man or Smother? Funny. Um, yeah. it, I mean, for for a moment, I was um, concerned that it was also going to end up hideously. <laughs> <Suffocated>. <laughs> yeah. But she's telling the story, so it feels safer because otherwise Shiloh would have been like, oh, I had this awful traumatic experience. But in fact, she's quite excited to tell yeah. him about it. Yeah. Yeah, for her, it was a funny client, wasn't it? Not some life-defining moment. Yeah, but for the smother man, it yeah. absolutely is a life-defining moment, and yeah. Angel relates to that. Yeah, which I love. It? Like, yeah. I mean, it's such a... It's weird that it's a sweet moment, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's the sort of thing that probably shouldn't be sweet, but you're like, oh, that's really nice. Like, he's so excited. Like, he's finally got this experience he's always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's this huge taboo about sex and, and suggesting that it can't be sweet even when it's depraved. But I mean, yeah. of course it can. Depends what someone people. gets out of it. Yeah, it's whatever you're trying to get out of it, right? Like, exactly. And this sub wanted to be smothered by a exactly. very overweight person, and he he got his <laughs> he got his wish. Each time I really seen sort of about like that before with a book was um. It's actually one of Matt Shaw's fucking filth. Like, okay. I find that book really sweet, and it's one of the most grossest books ever. Okay, but it's I like, but the guy kind of like you know, he's just he's just trying to, he's just got a nasty kick that he's trying to kind of scratch. It's, <laughs> it kind of just reminds me of Smother Man. You're like, that's fucked up, dude. But if it makes you happy, like so be it. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> so, no one got hurt in the making of this smother box. <laughs> right. So without spoilers for that one, because we're not discussing fucking filth, are, are people hurt as a result of this kink? Or is it just he a gross thing? He does kidnap someone, but it's the nicest kidnapping I've seen in an extreme horror book. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I feel like he would prefer not to have. <laughs> yeah, but he still did, didn't he? But he did still do it. <laughs> <laughs> um and another uh, aspect of the you know what I was saying how vivid his, his his scenes are um I don't know whether this has impacted my writing but I definitely try and do this um except in chocolate man when I just went all out but the warm rain does that line um do, do you remember what I'm talking about when I say that no okay so during the mannequin scene um a lot of writers would have probably had him waking up looking down immediately and see, and then there will be three paragraphs describing the horrifying state of his ruined genitalia yeah but when, but he wakes up in shock and the first thing he notices is the warm rain coming down on him and that's his own blood yeah. and i re and, and i love the fact that he wrote it this way rather than the super super graphic way because that isn't how people perceive things when something horrifying is is happening it isn't you don't have this super slowed down mega vivid understanding of the events you don't see mm. the glands being you know ground down to paste and then <laughs> blood and cum exploding out of the sides of the penis and the bollocks explode you, do you don't have that you, you have like these little snatches of realization and the and yeah the fact that he started off with that description i think is is just fantastic um that that's how shocking events are often perceived yeah. and, and lived out through See, just this is why I write in third person so I can do the other version <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can do yeah, the other person because I'm in third person <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not throwing shade on it at all but the fact that yeah because it is no, no, it his just, experience yeah, it's just... his experience and it is a it's a nasty line when you think about it as well because it's it almost sounds pleasant and then you realise what he's talking about like yeah 
yeah it, it, it's pretty masterful and then i guess we get down to the climactic scene i think um it goes from the carpet one to the mannequin one yeah that, you got or the, we one out? yeah we got the carpet one we haven't really talked about i can't even remember what that was called and then yeah mannequin's the other one isn't it is it is it smother no, yeah, that's part, the Smother Man, isn't it? No, I think it's part of Smother. I think that one's okay. got two stories. Um, yeah, I don't know. So much to say about that one. Um, we've kind I of covered it a bit that already. Was, yeah, we, we have covered it a bit, but I was just going to say, like, the first time that I read it, I didn't like that story until I thought about it in the context of the revelatory, like, mm. the, the, the climax at the end. Because it does make sense. Because, in fact, when, you know, I've read it three times now, um, and that is the moment that he really decides this is what I need. This, this helps. This is what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because he Cause even he... kind of says like he wouldn't tell him that it helped, but it's kind of this profound life changing experience. But fuck you guys for doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like every even in his like worst moments, he's quite relatable, Angel, because he's a very well thought out character. Yeah. And you can see that. You can see him just like hiding that from these pricks who yeah. basically kidnapped and assaulted him <laughs> um, yeah for his own good <laughs> yeah exactly that's what happens when you send like a fucking tenor off to some voucher thing in the back of a magazine or whatever it was like, and then get in the back of a van and get in the back of a fucking dodgy van yeah. <laughs> yeah like what were you hoping would happen exactly <laughs> so yeah i mean that leaves us with the climax then yeah so that's mannequin um I loved this story. I thought it was so good. Like, yeah. if this story was its own thing, I yeah. would still love it. Like, oh, it just yeah. worked as its own piece. Like, without what it meant to Shiloh afterwards or what we know beforehand, if this was Beth's story, like, it would have been a fantastic short. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it's and it's this one when the pieces start to slot into place because um, Beth uses his name. Yeah, she says Johnny, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. That's when Shiloh's like, what? what yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it reminded me of the Jeffrey Dahmer series, actually. Um, yeah. The obsession with the, with the mannequin. Um, and it's written in such a convincing way, but at the same time, you can see how like dangerous this, this viewpoint on life is because if her closest lover is a mannequin, that's the only one that she can relate to. And that has no feelings. That has no sensation. Yeah. So See, why I, would she... Go yeah. Like, I haven't worked retail my entire life. Like, I fucking hate mannequins. Like, despise <laughs> them. They're the most awkward, annoying fucking things of all time. So, yeah, I could not relate to her love of this mannequin. <laughs> it's like, throw it in the fucking bin already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got mannequins in our house and we love them, but not in that way. Um, yeah, I, of... so I remember seeing your pictures of you and Michelle going to some fucking mannequin farm or something. It's, it's like... called mannequin, yeah, M A N N A K I N. It's amazing. You can pay, I think it's like fifty quid or seventy quid or something like that, and you can go on a mannequin run. Uh, and it sounds got... freaky to me. <laughs> oh, the whole place is pretty weird because there's like thousands of, of mannequins there, and some of them are amazing and dressed up. Like the first thing that you see when you drive by is a mannequin standing on a roof in the distance, just stock still like that. So yeah, yeah I, I love, love it with my camera, that. but I would feel eerie as hell being there. <laughs> they do like Halloween stuff there apparently. So you can go and visit wow. and yeah, they're all like properly spooking it up. But yeah. back, back to the story. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's, it's a brilliant presentation of something that's really dangerously unnatural yeah. and, and is a, a surefire way to stop someone relating to others and not really caring what they do to them well that's it, isn't it you can see how this has come about like it's like the fucking opposite of carrie or something like the mum's too liberal and mm. it's just the daughter does not know how to relate to her in any way and to life and it's just yeah like you said it becomes dangerous and it's funny at first you're like ha 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 she's practiced kissing on a mannequin all been there whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, especially oh, if you've been you know, in retail you know especially sure. being in retail yeah and then you're like okay now she's sleeping with the mannequins it's a little weird and then she's coming home and she's excited to 
hang out with was it michael i think she called it i can't remember and you're like no this is so. this is getting odd now like this is this isn't some teenager messing around this is becoming an obsession yeah well it's it's essentially one person's dreadful mindset affecting someone else and breeding a completely different but equally terrible mindset like the mum is yeah. like just a dreadful dreadful parental <laughs> figure like the jealousy of, of of the daughter um and the hyper sexualization of like everything is just gonna breed uh, yeah. yeah this is gonna breed this yeah <laughs> Um, but it, again, this is another great story where all of the signs are there um, as to what she probably will end up doing to poor mm. Johnny. You know, he even describes in graphic detail the the love that she has for this this mannequin that has a nub for a penis. She just wants Did to you, rub um, herself on another nub. Exactly. <laughs> Did you feel bad for her when she came home and the mannequin was gone, or were you like, oh, thank fuck? Um, I don't know. I don't know whether I felt bad for her, but I thought, well, this is just going to get worse now. This is going to escalate, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You know, I wondered whether she was going to kill the mother the first time, but then I was like, but that wouldn't fit in with the themes of it. But then again, killing the mother, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I guess I felt sorry for her, but I also just thought she was beyond saving by this point. <laughs> Which it turned out she was. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because that's a pretty. Despite the fact that he describes it first person, it's a pretty it's one of the most graphic sequences in the book when when she finally sands his dick to Kingdom Come. Is that his first time as well, wasn't it? Like Yeah. That's yeah I mean one uh, only time. experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Angel. And once again, oh. like she's creating this terrible mindset in him just awful people creating further awful people through their awful behavior yeah it's not like he had a good start in place either was it so it's yeah. just like you know it's kind of i don't know he, i mean i know he goes a bit far at the end and everything but it's kind of you know he does well not to turn into some kind of fucking serial killer or something really i guess just a just a cranium rapist yeah exactly <laughs> which is <laughs> compared to what he could have been <laughs> and, he, and he, do, he does try to make sure yeah. that she can take it <laughs> as it were he does yeah. you can't really justify head rape no i haven't heard a good argument for it yet <laughs> <laughs> and i wouldn't like to propose one <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no that was um yeah i guess that's the big big climax of the book is him trying to get back inside of her and be reborn and yeah it just again it's just described in this way where you're like what are you doing this is yeah this is insane like this is gonna go wrong like i kind of thought it would go wrong for her more than him but then your brain starts thinking like logically and you're like oh yeah like you can't do that and not the action you already can't do the action but how the fuck are you gonna breathe you idiot like that's yeah. crazy when it you're breaks attached to any tubes or anything yeah, when the the strength of her muscles breaks oh, his nose, yeah. that is fucking visceral, <laughs> right there. That's yeah. when, and he keeps on urging as well. It's not like he thinks, "Oh, I should probably get yeah. out and call nine one one and try to explain of. myself." <laughs> yeah, I was shoving my head. Aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, and I can't remember the the description of it, but yeah, he I can vividly see that image of a bald man. <laughs> <laughs> with his head pretty it's much to about submerged. that point and he's like what do i do now so, no you got to keep going start it's all finish yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's my favorite part of the book the uh the, the description of that is is just so claustrophobic and and powerfully unpleasant yeah. um yeah that was what absolutely it's funny because having read like um header two i've seen it done the other way i've seen it written in a very comical way yeah and it's like it's very interesting the two different like obviously they're both fucking insane either side of it but like seeing it written almost clinically is fucked up yeah like, oh, i should definitely read the header series now if i if that if that happens in it yeah I mean, like i said it's funny in header two it's outrageous but like yeah, yeah like duncan writing it in such a medical manner almost 
just makes it fucking ickier almost. Yeah, it, well, it makes it powerful rather than preposterous, even though it is yeah. absolutely ridiculous if we're talking about a man shoving his head up a woman's vagina. <laughs> it's just <laughs> really silly. But you can, you know, it just shows that you can write anything seriously or anything in a wacky yeah. kind of kind of way and have a different impact. Yeah, you've, just, you've got to take it seriously yourself, no matter how outrageous. If you write it like you believe in it, then the reader's kind of got to go along with it, even if afterwards they go, wait there a second, like, yeah, and, like, and at this yeah, point in already... the book as well, it's like the culmination of all of these different themes and stories is all coming together so perfectly in this moment. And for me, yeah. that just adds. Oh, to so the much stuff's been fucking shoved in and taken out by this point. It is like, okay, <laughs> what's left? Yeah. Oh, a human being. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't get the shoulders though, did he? No, no. I mean, that's a bit ambitious. Either. <laughs> I think she already broke the record. I think the shoulders would have just been too much. I'm sticking yes. your fucking body down a well or something. I'm inclined to agree. Um, <laughs> and also, while I guess you could um, you could argue that it w- it wouldn't happen like this in real life, I don't care. <laughs> I absolutely love the fact that she like mothers him at hmm. the end of it because it's just the perfect the perfect ending. This newborn, yeah. mewling, probably brain dead man. Well, we know that he is really after gross out, like Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But but even beforehand, the way that it was described, yeah, like, like yeah, the noise he's... that comes out of his mouth, you just think, How can you you can't survive? Yeah, that. he's done at this point. Which I think is why she's like, you know, he shouldn't have done what he did, but I'm gonna look after him because again her mum taught her to like not have enemies, but sort of thing, like and yeah, like you've had all these things of her wanting children and her mum, t- you know, it's kind of reasoning of not, you know, forgiveness and stuff. And yeah, yeah, like while most people probably wouldn't forgive him for head raping her, like she seemed the type of person that could possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. And they have had like a connection. A very profound experience. Yeah. You know, you don't have many evenings in your life where you're relating <laughs> all the awful things that have happened to you in you know throughout your lifetime so yeah yeah i mean you would figure it's probably the most honest conversation she's ever had like quite possibly and yeah i can't imagine he opens up to too many people in such detail no I, in fact i doubt he ever has i should think that is no. the, the first time he ever yeah yeah i imagine it's the first person to hear all of those stories right like I think all the other girls are pretty much like, you want to do what? No, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Makes me wonder if he's got other crazy stories that he's that he lived, which we'll never know now that he's given yeah. some brain damage. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think he had enough crazy stories. <laughs> Probably. The carpet one would be crazy to me, and that was like the tamest. Like, yeah, true. If that happened so, to yeah. me in my life, I'd be like, that's fucking outrageous. Like, I'm stuck in this carpet once. So, to him, that's like, a, that's like a Tuesday to him. Like, it's no problem. So I guess, like, in conclusion, you can see it as this, like, I think, relatively deep story. I think it's very, very well written. Um, I think it ties all of the themes together. But at the same time, you could just read it as, you know, a ridiculous, essentially splattery, read and it works perfectly on both levels yeah i think for people who kind of hear about it through tiktok or whatever like they're going to go in there with a mindset this is going to be disgusting yeah. and it is yeah um but yeah i think people who you know kind of just want to see what it's all about for themselves about the noise i think they probably would take more away from it because it is a character study like it is yeah, a book about this guy who's broken, who's came from this broken background, who's been surrounded by broken people, like who's trying to find a way of putting himself together and he don't know how to do it. Like it's <laughs> his his reasoning is flawed as fuck, but in his head, like it's it's his only salvation and it's you know, that makes it a very sad read in places, which I guess the gross house stuff balances that out, otherwise it'd be an incredibly depressing book. That's very well put. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, yeah. So, anything else to cover there, or are you 
pretty good with yeah i think i think we covered everything but at at the same time i would say that as well as being great for readers i think there's a lot to learn for writers as well i think there's a lot of smart things going on in that book um that we we could all learn from yeah i mean you were saying yourself about kind of the seething stuff or the um stuff with the warm rain and that and yeah there is a lot of good detail he's a very very good writer like definitely i don't know if you've read skin flicks but um i've uh, read some stories from it i think I've yeah read like the three yeah the three stories are now so completely different and he just mm-hmm. shows that he can adapt to any style like the one at the end the pony one is fucking outrageously written in this southern edward lee style and i really you're like where did that come from he does it so well like he's he's a very very good writer that yeah like sometimes just gets lost in that fascination with the grossness of womb yeah and then the versatility of something like ghostland which is just in in, in some ways despite the gore in it it feels like almost ya it's it's just like a romp it's just like this really fun it's like jurassic park with ghosts <laughs> and it couldn't be more different to something as dark as as womb but yeah he, he pulls off both extremely admirably yeah, I think we definitely recommend Womb for the very few people out there that haven't read it yet. And yeah. definitely check out more of Duncan's work as well, I think. Yeah, deserves all the success he's got. And more. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming along to the show, Jonathan. It's been Absolute great pleasure. getting to talk to you. And it's been fun talking about Womb as well. Like it's, yeah. So, yeah, one of those books that you don't really expect to have a good, proper conversation about. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, man, thanks so much for having me on. No problem. So thank you very much and I will see everyone later. See ya.